Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to another edition of Taylor Bay Sports with Kevin Taylor. And Happy New Year. Yes, it's our first program of 2017. Hopefully everyone is having a great year to this point as we record this program on Friday, January 20th. So much to talk about on this edition of the program, and I'm so glad to have you along. As always, as I always tell you, definitely check me out on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I got you covered. Kevin Taylor 98. Again, that's Kevin Taylor 98. So, of course, on this program, we are going to preview the big NFC championship game between the Atlanta Falcons and the Green Bay Packers, the last game ever inside the Georgia Dome. So much anticipation is in my hometown of Atlanta right now. Because, of course, on this program, we bring you sports from Atlanta and around the country. So we're going to preview that game. You're going to hear comments from Falcons head coach Dan Quinn and also Julio, the playmaker Jones. We're going to hear comments from them along with previewing the AFC Championship game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and New England Patriots. That game will also be Sunday. And whoever wins those two games, of course, gets to go to the big dance. Super Bowl 51 in Houston. And, of course, I'm going to give you who I think will win both of those games. And, of course, we're going to give you the latest on the Atlanta Hawks. as they Actually, they played earlier tonight. If you're listening to the show live, they played earlier tonight inside Phillips Arena against the Chicago Bulls. They were up big last time I checked on them, but I uh, should have a final score for you. And uh, they've got a big week ahead, so we're going to uh, preview that, as well as you'll hear comments from Mike Dunleavy, as well as Paul Millsap. And, of course, if you have not heard, Kyle Corver was traded to the Cleveland Cavaliers from Mike Dunleavy and Mo Williams. Mo Williams has since retired. He did not want to come to the ATL, but, hey, who doesn't want to come to the ATL, right? You know, some some ball players, but Mo Williams, all right. You didn't want to be here, fine. Mike Dunleavy has uh, he's played pretty well since he's uh, been a, a new acquisition. So you're going to hear from him, my one-on-one interview with him and also Paul Millsap. So make sure that you stay right here to Taylor Made Sports with Kevin Taylor. As Like I said, we give you sports from Atlanta and around the country. So let's get right to it, all right? And uh, the Atlanta Falcons are preparing now to do battle with the Green Bay Packers. It's going to be epic, and I do mean epic, inside the Georgia Dome. And what a way to send the Georgia Dome out in style. What a way. You know, I mean, because a lot of people are looking at this game as a measuring stick. Uh, Well, a little bit from the Seattle game for the Falcons, but as a measuring stick for the Falcons to be taken seriously. And if you're in Atlanta, it's very festive. It's very um, uh, the, the atmosphere is just so electric, and you know you have your it's spirited because you have uh, uh, your, your jerseys, you have your team apparel. A Fulton County government had a pep rally that's like right in the heart of downtown. You know downtown Atlanta basically is in Fulton County, but at the same time. You are going to have some cheeseheads who are in Atlanta trying to, you know, basically, you know, rain on the parade. But we're not going to have that. It's it's going to be a battle for sure. 
it's going to be a close game, in my opinion. But I think the Falcons come away with a victory here. The Falcons, I believe, are going to the Super Bowl. And, of course, this game is MVP versus this season's MVP, meaning Aaron Rodgers versus, of course, in my opinion, Matt Ryan, who actually was named the MVP and offensive player of the year by the Pro Football Writers of America. Um, You've got a a becoming defense going up against a good offensive line. You've got, you know, uh, uh, the, the sack leader trying to take on, you know, uh, offensive tackle that is going to be at the top of his game to protect Aaron Rodgers. What will the running game be for the Green Bay Packers? What will the passing game be like? Because Aaron Rodgers can make plays. When you think you have him, you don't. So the Falcons' defense, of course, has to step up, and I think they are going to step up very big in this game. Now, just some little tidbits here. Because, you know, I really don't give you a lot of stats on the program, but at the same time, just just a little tidbits. The Packers finished 21st in points allowed. The Falcons – oh, I'm sorry. The Packers actually finished, yeah, 20, 21st in points allowed. The Falcons finished 27th. Now, that you may say is near the bottom. But here's the thing. The Packers have injuries to the defensive secondary. The Falcons can exploit that, of course. And – who wouldn't? You got running backs who can come out the backfield and catch the ball. And when you have a bottom tier team or defense like that, you really don't think that they would get this far. But the Falcons are going to really get the best of the Packers because of the defensive secondary for the Packers is basically second string players. Now, Matt Ryan with him at the helm, the Falcons scored 71 more points than any other team in the NFL. Matt Ryan has a 117 passing rating. He led the NFL, but was fifth best in NFL history. He threw for just under 5,000 yards with 38 touchdowns, seven picks, and a top 100 in passer rating in 12 or 16 games this season. And, of course, he did it again against Seattle in the divisional round. Now, the Falcons ended this game against the uh, Packers on a five-game winning streak. Matt Ryan has thrown 14 touchdown passes and no interceptions during this five-game winning streak. Phenomenal. Now, Rodgers led the Packers to eight consecutive wins. Now, Rodgers, he ranked toward the bottom of the league in completion percentage, around 56 through the first quarter of the season, and yards per attempt at just above six. But he's been unstoppable. During the winning streak, Rodgers has posted a 117 passer rating with 298 yards per game, 69% accuracy, 21 touchdowns, and one pick. For the season, Rodgers threw for just over 4,000 yards. Well, you may want to say 4,400 yards and 40 touchdowns and seven interceptions. So the key to this game is going to be, like I said, the Falcons' defense. And the Falcons' defense has really stepped up during the offseason with addressing those needs that they had to address, the defensive side of the ball, and also adding team speed. Let's hear from head coach Dan Quinn now about what the team actually addressed in the offseason to get to this point. 
when the first thing we talk about offensively, I'll get back to the speed in a moment, is how violently we can get off the ball. And we know it takes all 11 to, to run the ball. That's receivers. That's Matt on the play action. That's Alex right at the front of it. But um, honestly, it has been in the front of our thinking, uh, not just from free agency, and, but the draft and adding that kind of speed. Um, and then when you have the speed on your team, it takes another level. Then you have to get the communication part down. Uh, it's one thing to be fast. It's another thing to play fast. And you need that time. You need that experience to play fast. And we're playing faster now. And that's why you've heard me say we're a better version of ourselves than we were in the game uh, that we played Green Bay earlier in the season. And the reason is our speed hasn't changed as a player. Our speed has changed as a defense because of the speed that we have. And we're communicating. Now the alerts are there. And you're able to go faster but uh, it was very intentional um, with Thomas and I to add speed to the team and uh, it helps create more turnovers it you know the way we want to tackle uh, defensively especially um, it's been a big factor yes it certainly has and the Pascals continue to evolve week after week and of course on the offensive side of the ball the Falcons the the the, the camp that they did during the during the offseason the OTAs training camp you know, these guys have really just gelled together. The Falcons have one of the best receiving cores in the league. Of course, led by Julio Jones, you've got Taylor Gabriel, you've got Justin Hardy, Adrian Robinson, uh, Austin Hooper at the tight end position. Hey, we can't forget about J- Jacob Tammy before he got hurt. You know, he was a solid tight end. Then you've got Tiffin Coleman catching the ball at the backfield. And, of course, Devontae Freeman getting the bulk of the carries as well as catching the ball out of the backfield as well. Patrick DeMarco, hey, he was stellar fullback leading the way in the backfield. The Falcons have a great offensive line led by Alex Mack, the pro bowler this year, and Matt Ryan at the helm. So they've gotten faster. They really have, defensively and offensively. Now, speaking of offense, now both teams are going to need their quarterbacks to play the best football of their careers. Aaron Rodgers, like I said, has been almost unstoppable. Matt Ryan has played pretty consistent all throughout the year. And, you know, what a difference a year makes. This time last year, the fan base in Atlanta was like, get him out of here, get him out of here. And Mike, <laughs> that's Mike Shelley has a couch out of here, get him out of here too. But this year has been a different story. So we'll see if Couch out of here, you know, is out, you know, because he's been, uh, actually it's been said that he may take the job in San Francisco. But we'll see on that. But uh, first things first, Falcons got to take care of business uh, this Sunday. But going back to offense, though, the, both quarterbacks have to really play a, a stellar game. Now, Green Bay finished 31st in pass defense. The Falcons finished 26th. And like I said, Green Bay does have injuries if you want to make an excuse for them. But uh, both teams finished in the bottom fourth of the league on third down and in the red zone. Now, this will work to the Falcons' advantage. Like I said, the Falcons have one of the best receiving cores in the league. Julio Jones left the game against Seattle a little bit earlier, you know, just to kind of get himself his, his foot right and, uh, you know, just kind of going in and getting some treatment and, and treatment for that, that uh, bothersome toe. Uh, but he actually talked during the week about what he expects the Seahawks defense to do against their offense man-to-man. They're going to try to match guys with us. Um, they had some success, you know, the first game we played them. Um, but we're definitely a different team, and, of course, they are too. But um, we're just going to go out there and line up and just do what we do, um, go out there and beat man-to-man coverage. All right, so we shall see. Sunday afternoon, 3.05 on Fox. 
is where you can catch this game. The Atlanta Falcons, Green Bay Packers should be a good one. Um, I'm going with the Falcons, of course. Hey, I'm from Atlanta. I'm in Atlanta. I'd be crazy not to, right? I mean, this is this is the Falcons' year. You've got a head coach who's been to the Super Bowl, even though he ain't wasn't defensive coordinator, but he's been to the Super Bowl. He knows knows what it's like. Bringing in a guy like the White Freeman, great move. That helped Vic Beasley be the player that he is this year. I hope the White Freeman has one more year left, but if not, they can create a position for him, maybe with the defensive line, because Vic Beasley really has matured. Now, you know, you do have some injuries, but you know, these guys should be good to go. So I, I'm, I'm looking at the Falcons winning this game. The the Packers would not also have Jordy Nelson. He should not be able to go, you know, as he's still recovering from uh, broken ribs. But uh, this is going to be a great game. I think it may go down to the wire, just like the last game during the regular season where the Falcons won by one point. But uh, it's it's – it's going to be a good game. That, that, that's all I can say. I, I can't wait. I can't wait. This coming Sunday, yes. It's Taylor Vane Sports with Kevin Taylor. Definitely check me out on social media at Kevin Taylor 98 Again, that's Kevin Taylor 98 And, of course, that's for Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So um, you never know what you'll see. Yeah, and nothing, you know, provocative. But at the same time, uh, I, I may just surprise you with a little something, you know, on my Facebook page or whatever the case may be. Maybe a little known uh, fact or something like that. But the only way you'll find out is check me out online, all right? So make sure that you do. All right, we're going to jump gears now to the AOC Championship game. There's the Pittsburgh Steelers travel to New England. And um, this is going to be a battle for quarterbacks as well. Big Ben versus Tom Brady. And before I get into this, a lot of people will say, well, you know, Tom Brady should be MVP. No. No. And let me tell you why. The Patriots were 3-1 and one without Tom Brady. And in my opinion, you can't give an MVP to a guy who was suspended. No. No way. No way. The, uh, the, 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 uh, the Patriots just kept on rolling right along without Tom Brady. The Falcons need Matt Ryan. He is the difference maker. So that is why he gets the MVP. Okay. I, I, I said what I was going to say on that. Okay. I'm moving on. All right. Now, <laughs> Big Ben, he's waited 12 years for a playoff rematch with Tom Brady. And it comes in the AFC Championship game this coming Sunday as well. Roethlisberger playing the AFC Championship game for the fifth time. He's 3 and 1 in 13 years with the Steelers. He's back for the conference title game for the first time since 2010. And, of course, he missed the regular season game in October because he was suffering from a knee injury. Now, Tom Brady, he's owned the Steelers for most of his career, including the 2004 AFC Championship game in Pittsburgh. Brady is 9-2 all-time against the Steelers with 26 touchdowns and three picks. Roethlisberger is sixth all-time with 13 playoff wins, though. Uh, Brady's next Super Bowl ring would make five, and Roethlisberger has two. Now, Bart Starr, of course, of the Green Bay Packers, has five league championships all before the the, um, 1970 AFL-NFL merger. Now, here's the thing. Le'Veon Bell, 
He had 30 carries for 170 yards Sunday night against Kansas City. He rushed for just under 1,300 yards in 12 regular season games and became, of course, a catalyst in the offensive scheme after returning from a four-game suspension. Now, the Steelers had eight games with 100-plus yards, and Roethlisberger went, of course, Bell's way at the start of the playoffs to prepare the running back for, you know, that uh, heavy workload that's really right at him right now. Now, Bill is averaging just under 170, about 169 yards rushing this postseason. And he set the franchise record for rushing yards against Miami in the wild card round. Then uh, he broke it open Sunday night against the Chiefs. Now, Patriots coach Bill Belichick, he felt the Steelers, after they survived the divisional round with six field goals and no touchdowns, could score 40 points against the, against the Chiefs. Belichick, of course, is known for scheming to take away the best player on the opposing team. Of course, that's Antonio Brown. But uh, there's no doubt that player may be Le'Veon Bell going into Sunday's game. But in my opinion, it's Antonio Brown. Now, of course, you know, the running game opens with the pass. And, of course, the Patriots do have to respect that. Uh, Bell can, of course, put pressure on that defense of the, uh, the Patriots. And uh, he's a gifted receiver, too, so he also can catch the ball out of the backfield. And, um, you know, going back to the Patriots, though, uh, Tom Brady, hey, he faced some pressure from the Texans out of a 3-4 front. And uh, the Patriots needed three touchdowns from running back Deion Lewis, one rushing, receiving, and on a return to get to this point. Um, The Steelers, though, they were just slightly above average against the run, allowing 100 yards per game and ranked 16th in the league at 243 yards per game in the regular season. So here's my my take on this. Brady and Belichick, they have four Super Bowl wins and six appearances, all right? Now, Pittsburgh has won nine consecutive games since a 35-30 loss to Dallas on November 13th. The Patriots lost that same day to Seattle, 31-24. I'm going with Pittsburgh in this game. Pittsburgh has a, in my opinion, they have a stout defense. They have a fiery coach that will have them prepared to play. They're going to be in this game. It's not going to be a situation where the Steelers are going to come into this game, of course, in Foxborough and just run all over the Patriots, and the Patriots are not going to do the same thing. But like I told you, when I read everything off to you, Bill Belichick can scheme to take away the the Steelers' best player. So look for someone else to step up. Because what does Mike Tomlin say when someone gets hurt? It's the next man up. So in this situation, who's going to be that next man? Do we know? No, of course not because the Steelers are great at mixing things up as well. They're a fiery bunch. They're confident. And I think that right now, knocking off Miami, knocking off the Chiefs in Kansas City, this team has the confidence to get to that next level. And the only team and the only thing standing in their way is New England. And I know that it's going to be a Steeler Nation that's going to be thrilled on Sunday night when they are victorious. So we'll see if that happens. But my predictions are the Atlanta Falcons versus the Pittsburgh Steelers 
in Super Bowl 51. Like I said, we'll see if it happens. All right, but that game will kick off this coming Sunday at 640 or close to it. And you can catch that game on CBS. Some great football action this weekend, I, I got to tell you. I mean, it, it's going to be great. And, uh, you know, the, the eastern half of the country is just going to be marveling. Uh, too bad for the western side of the country. But uh, does that mean that football is not, um, I don't know, uh, you don't have any good players out west? I, I don't know. <laughs> we set the tone in the south. Is, is that what it is? Hey, you know, I, just, just, just a thought, right? Just the just something to ponder until the next program, right? It's the Elevating Sports with Kevin Taylor. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. And of course, I thank you always for listening. And you can listen to the program anytime on demand. And of course, if you follow me on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, you'll see where I post my pictures from games or uh, you know, links to programs. So make sure that you follow me, all right? Kevin Taylor 98, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. So I would love to hear from you, no doubt. All right. Shifting gears now to the Atlanta Hawks. They win earlier tonight against the Chicago Bulls, 102 to 93. This game actually was not even that close. I mean, the, the Hawks were big uh, in the second quarter, and, you know, they just went away with it, uh, you know, after that. Dennis Schroeder scored 23. Paul Millsap added 14. And the Hawks, uh, actually, they held a late scare of the Bulls. Like I said, 102 to 93. Um, actually, a little fight all night until the reserves went. A 33 to 4 run in the fourth quarter. That can't really set well with Coach, Bull, uh, Coach Bud <laughs> to pull away <laughs> on the Bulls. And uh, they pulled within five on Bobby, Bobby Porter's dunk with 108 remaining. The Bulls trailed by 22 at the end of the uh, first and 29 at the end of the second and 30 at the end of the third. But um, the Hawks' lead was big enough that Coach Bud brought in Dennis um, Stroder and Paul Millsap, uh, who had rested the entire fourth quarter for the last two minutes. Dwight Howard and Tabo Cephalosha combined for 24 points for the Hawks, which had won 10 of 12. Jimmy Butler finished with 19 points for the Bulls, who looked uninspired most of the night. And, yeah, they really did. I mean, it wasn't really any fight in them at all. They've dropped five of seven, and uh, maybe uh, they're trying to make a statement. That's what I'm thinking. The Hawks' outcome was the uh, exact opposite from Wednesday's blowout at Detroit. So, the Bulls kind of went through what the Hawks went through on Wednesday in Detroit. The Hawks were blowing out. They trailed by 24 in the first and never recovered. And uh, Chicago missed his first 11 attempts beyond the arc before Jimmy Butler's three cut the lead to 49-26 with five minutes left in the second quarter. Uh, so <laughs> this is uh, not really – Textbook of the Hawks. I mean, normally when they get a big lead, they are able to keep it, but I'm pretty sure that uh, they're going to be working on definitely keeping a lead and a big lead at that so that the starters want to come back in like they did earlier tonight. I'm pretty sure that will be addressed more than likely uh, if it hasn't already been before their game on Saturday against Philadelphia. Um, the Hawks actually have won 11 or 12 against the 76ers, so that's pretty good there. So uh, the Hawks. Looking good 
in the Southeast Division. And, uh, you know, it's great to see them playing very well right now. Uh, the Hawks actually are first in the division at 25 and 18. And the Chicago, they dropped to 21 and 23 with that loss, and they are third in the Central. So, uh, Hawks, hopefully, they can keep it going. As I said, they play uh, Philadelphia coming up on Saturday. And uh, coming up on Monday for the Hawks, they play the Clippers at Phillips Arena. So, uh, some good basketball will be coming up next week. Uh, then the Hawks travel to Chicago on the 25th to take on the Bulls there. And uh, then on, uh, let's see, on the 27th, uh, which is a week from tonight, Washington comes to town to take on the Hawks. And uh, then they finish it up on the 29th at Phillips Arena uh, to host the Knicks. So uh, some good basketball action is coming up. And uh, recently I was able to talk to the new acquisition of the Hawks, Mike Dunleavy, and also Paul Millsap. So let's hear from them as we go inside the locker room and hear my conversation with Mike Dunleavy and then Paul Millsap here on TaylorMade Sports with Kevin Taylor. Mike, uh, welcome to Atlanta, and, you know, you're turning into a fan favorite, and uh, how has <laughs> this team embraced you so far since you've been here? Uh, it's just a good group of guys. Guys have been helpful, um, you know, any any type of questions and stuff, they're answering. Uh, you know, they just, you know, they just welcome me in, um, you know, in a fair and right way, and, um, you know, it's been good, good thus far. And how does this type of team complement your style of play? Well, I think just um, being able to move and pass, cut, shoot, um, it's just it's a team that emphasizes that and plays off of one another, and that's a, you know, that's a good thing for myself and, and a lot of players. And, of course, even though you're still early, but uh, you have any goals that you would like to have as you're now in the Atlanta Hawks? You know, for us, just to get as high up the Eastern Conference ladder as we can um, in terms of the standings and, um, you know, see where that takes us. Well, Mike, again, welcome to Atlanta, and I hope you have much continued success while you're here. All right. Thanks a lot. Paul, of course, the word in Atlanta right now has been brotherhood. Talk about the brotherhood on this Hawks team right now. Yeah, we're pretty close, you know. These are guys you spend every day with. You know, spend every day with these guys, practice, um, dinner, breakfast. So um means a lot, you know, to be around these guys. You know, we do consider each other brothers. And, of course, that helps out with uh, you guys not giving up in games, just like in the Boston game when you got down. You know, you battle your way back. It's just trusting each other. You know, and as brothers, you have to trust your brother. You know, we trust each other. Um, we know when things get tough. You know, we know we can count on each other. So I think that's the um, biggest importance and something that we use a lot, you know, especially when we get down. And, of course, it's still kind of early right now, but, you know, you got a new acquisition with um, Mike Dunleavy. Uh, talk about how playing with him has been so far. It's been fun, man. It's been fun to watch him come and contribute. Um, as a basketball player, I knew he was hes pretty good. And I know he can play basketball the right way. Um, that's all he's doing right now. You know, he's playing the right way. He's not forcing anything, letting the game come to him. And um, that's him. And, of course, right now as a team, you still want to keep that defensive intensity. Yeah, I mean we're, we're going to always lead with our defense. Um, defense is pretty pretty good all year. Um, if we continue to lead with that, you know, good things happen. That is true, and I know that they're going to try to wrap that defense, especially going into that 76er game on Saturday. 
That's going to do it for this edition of Taylor Made Sports with Kevin Taylor. Thank you so much for joining me. And I will be tweeting during the Falcons-Packers game on Sunday. And like, and like I said, that kickoff will be at 3.05 on Fox. So it's a great time to be in Atlanta, a great time to be an Atlanta Falcons fan. So come on, we got room for you on the bandwagon, all right? <laughs> and one more time, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you can check me out at KevinTaylor98. Again, that's KevinTaylor98. Never be discouraged, always encouraged. Uh, and until the next time, my friends, I'm out.